Before I get to the podcast that I did with Jason Hagholm, the Fastlane recap, I uh, just wanted to point out a couple things, the stuff that we did this week, the We Want Flair podcast that I did with John LaRocca. We finally got the first episode out there looking at Ric Flair versus Brian Pillman from February 1990, WCW Saturday Night. Um, that match at the time drew the biggest audience for that show. And uh, John and I just dig deep on that show or on that match and the and sort of the before and the after and flair and booking and uh, and management and, and where Pillman was at that time. And we look a little bit a little bit uh, into Pillman's career. Um, and uh, the second podcast I did last week was uh, the Fight Game podcast, the Road to WrestleMania series that Big D and I do. Uh, where we looked at the the Rey Mysterio rumors for uh, WrestleMania. Um, and just the entire card as it stood uh, when we recorded it. We'll do another one this week, um, and we'll go over the uh, the fallout to Fastlane, which you'll hear about right now. And um, just also want to point out we have a couple of things on the website, fightgameblog.com, the ROH anniversary show play-by-play, which was really fun, highlighted by uh, Kenny Omega coming out as Barry the Bear after Cody's win, and uh, Brandy then kissing Kenny Omega and making him feel uh awkward making kota Ibushi jealous and then we just uh i just posted the fast lane play-by-play so if you didn't see those shows and you kind of just want a quick recap of them go ahead and check those out um but now on to the recap of fast lane with jason hagholm give me a hell yeah i said give me a hell yeah Everybody, this is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast, your fast lane recap, and hanging out tonight, none other than Jason Hagholm. What's up, man? Uh, not much. Just got finished watching Fast Lane and a show that started out well, had its bumps in the middle, but we eventually got in that fast lane with the main event. So overall, uh, a evening, I guess you could say, well spent. The main event was definitely fast, that's for sure. Uh, I really liked it. I mean, it's WWE. If WWE does uh, one thing well, it's uh, book out um, multi-man or multi-women matches. That uh, yeah. so many, so many really good spots. So many spots that hopefully mean something for WrestleMania. Uh, and AJ does keep his title, beating the odds. You know, they always talk about the odds, and then when the champion wins, like I'm sure, like if you looked at multi-man matches and how many times the champion actually wins they, they they're beating the odds because the the odds uh, shouldn't shouldn't favor the champion so much but um the uh the match was really good i i i, I liked you, you want to know the one thing that i liked the best baron corbin well, was was like an afterthought in this match oh man this guy unbelievable <laughs> like and oh baron corbin i mean he does. He did some nice spots, but I think it's more so the fact of the people he put them on. Like he did that one spot with uh, AJ, and AJ made it look ten times more devastating than it is. Yeah. So I'm like, 
that well good thing you got great bumpers to work with but yeah baron corbin so so there are several storylines that come out of this match obviously aj winning he uh the the ending sequence of this match was actually really really good um near the end uh we'll get to the shane and and sammy and kevin owen stuff uh in a second but near the end so cena's in the ring with ziggler and he hits the uh the aa and he he does that roll through thing where he's gonna herk him up and do it again uh but owens interfered and then he gives cena the pop-up powerbomb and as he's doing that aj's jumping uh springboard off the top rope uh in from the middle rope the middle of the top rope and hits owens with the phenomenal forearm and gets the pin i really like the bing 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 of that finish uh of that finishing sequence, it was really like really well timed. AJ hits that forearm like perfectly, uh, and and gets the pin. Uh, the camera work was was really good too. I, I just love the way that finish looked. Yeah, I mean, there. I thought the finish was great. How it all came together, where it went from one guy to the next, and I mean, AJ well, did a fantastic job of just coming in out of nowhere, and how they shot it, because after AJ took that in pretty nasty AA from uh, Cena, and then he's just lying dead on the floor for about 10 minutes, and then out of nowhere, he pops up with a phenomenal forearm. I, they always do that kind of stuff really well, and uh, like the finish got everyone real happy. I was really surprised kind of how quick the match ended, considering how long... Uh, normally those multi-man main events go, but it seemed to go at a decent pace, maybe about just over 15 minutes. Normally they go a little longer, but yeah, the the pacing of it went well. And there, as we said, there was a couple storylines that come out of this match, probably about three solid storylines that come out of it. And uh, the first one obviously is AJ retains and we get our Wrestle Kingdom rematch at WrestleMania. Well, what do you actually expect out of that match? Because I think a lot of people are expecting like a five star classic, and I, I mean, I mean that's the apex. They can definitely do it. But I saw that match already at, at Wrestle Kingdom, I, and and I don't imagine that you know what is it like four years later or whatever, or um, that they're going to be that they're going to actually duplicate that. And plus, you know, they're 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 a little limited in in, uh, in the way that. You know, WrestleMania usually is. Um, I, I mean, I hope they get you know eighteen to twenty-two minutes or whatever. But I just imagine that you know, come down to the 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 last day, you know, with entrances, like everything just seems to get cut. And you know, they like to save um, they like to save a lot of time for for the main event. And we know this isn't going to be the main event. So, um, do you? What is your expectation? Do you expect like? the best WrestleMania match of all time, or uh, or do you think it, it could be disappointing? Well, if you set yourself up for expecting the best WrestleMania match of all time, you're just setting yourself up for failure because you put the expectations too high, and it's just never going to deliver to your standards. I mean, there's maybe a rare match here or there that can, but you're going to... F- fall forward with both sad uh, expectations when you set the, your expectations that high i'm just expecting those two to do whatever they can to make it the best match possible i mean they're obviously very capable of having a, a phenomenal match as you said we've seen them at, have that in uh, new japan at wrestle kingdom obviously maybe they're gonna have to do some tweaking with it per wwe style but honestly i think they're just gonna let aj and shinsuke go out there and have the best match possible 
Uh, obviously, the company feels very well, and AJ being the champion going into WrestleMania, and he's the best guy that can have a, another a solid match with uh, Shinsuke, even though he had an excellent match tonight with Rusev, and got to get Rusev a big, good program going because he's super over and one of the most talented guys. But I'm expecting, honestly, that match to be just as as good as it can be. Just let those guys go out there and do what they can for the allotted time, and they'll make something. They'll make magic out of out of it. You know, you mentioned that Rusev match, um, and, it, and it was pretty good. It was a good opener. It set the tone for the show. It didn't try to steal the show, but it's, you know, the crowd was into it. I realized during this match, Rusev might be the second most sympathetic babyface they have to uh, Johnny Gargano. Like, he, he made a face after, uh, I think it was after a near fall, and he was just like, and I just felt so sorry for him. I was like, oh, man, this poor guy. And, uh, and I thought it was funny because, you know, he's like the big, he's like the, the biggest, strongest dude in the whole company. So, yeah, I mean, everyone likes him. He's very sympathetic and he can't just get that one win. And, uh, it, it's, I don't know, it's just unfortunate with what's going on with him. And, uh, but him and Simon Gotch are a very entertaining duo. I like what's going on with them, but yeah, uh, he's definitely very sympathetic. Um, the the only thing I worry about that gimmick is that oh it's gonna wear off. Well, well, it's not only that, but it was the same thing that we thought about the Enzo gimmick, right? Is that it's great to kick off a show, but it's not really as good, you know, in the middle or near the end of the show. It, 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 but it's perfect, like to kick off that show because the crowd, you know, it, it touches you know the hardcore fan base and they get all excited. But you don't imagine that that's something that's going to work for Rusev, you know, if they really do get behind him and and push him as a main event guy. Like, I, 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 I mean, I mean, maybe it maybe it could work, but I don't know. I, I just I just see it sort of as like the Enzo thing. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely that it's going to have a nice run for four or five months, maybe six months at most. But they're going to have to do something with the guy in a sense where either he turns and on Simon Gotch and then becomes a heel because of how over this thing is. And he can, they can get him back to being that monster, destructive type character where, you know, I was sick of kind of pandering to you fans and whatnot. Or they let him go full uh, baby face, but then when he becomes baby face like that, he's he's a very naturally funny guy. But when he becomes that on TV, then he's just becoming a jobber basically. And I don't want to see that for Rusev, who's super talented. So uh, some of the other storylines that, that came out of that match, we had the uh, Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn piece. Um, Sami Zayn early in the show told Kevin that he was going to lay down for him, and Kevin just like not having it at all. Um, even when, even during the entrance, Kevin came out first and he didn't get his full entrance because Sammy's music started playing like as he got about halfway through and he, he just didn't look at, want to look at Sammy at all. He was so bothered from the SmackDown where, uh, where Sammy, uh, hit him with the kick to, to beat him. Um, and so then, uh, it gets to this spot in the match where, uh, the crowd is realizing that those two guys are in the ring together. And they just start to start to go crazy. Like I was like, oh, this is a really cool moment. Like the fans realized what was going on and they got, you know, they got hot. And then Sammy is like explaining to him like, hey, you know, I'm a man of my word. I told you I would lay down for you. I'm going to lay down for you. And it didn't turn out that he lied either because Kevin Owens was very apprehensive. He goes down gingerly to, 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 to cover Sammy. 
but he doesn't trust him and he's about to pick him up to, to like beat him up. And then Sammy uh, catches him in the small package for, for the two count. I thought that was a cool moment. Um, Sammy didn't lie actually, because Kevin was about to beat him up. And so the deal's off, man, when, when, when you try to beat me up. Um, so you had that going and, you know, big D and I talked about this on a, on a podcast last week, our road to WrestleMania series in that, I don't know if I want to see these guys wrestle each other on WrestleMania because it will get buried underneath all the matches that are that are going to be pushed harder than it. Um, though I do enjoy their um, their program, and I, I think it's very entertaining. I think the stuff they're doing with Shane is very entertaining. Uh, when Daniel Bryan is in the mix, I think it takes it up another level, but Bryan's been off TV for a little bit. Um, and I, I want to see them do something. I mean, I'm fine if it's like a triple threat with Shane and, and, and Kevin and Sammy. So you can kind of continue the, you know, the, the, the friends who don't trust each other. And then Shane hates both of them. And so that's an interesting little chemistry there. Um, but I just don't want to see that one-on-one Sammy versus Kevin. Like we've seen it a bunch of times. It's happened at every, you know, it's happened so many times in, in WWE for the short amount of time that Sammy's even been up. And uh, and I, I think I think they should continue whatever they're doing and not go back to these guys having a singles match. Well, I think obviously with what happened on the show uh, tonight, I think we're going to the realm of where Shane McMahon tried to put a wedge between Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, but then Shane McMahon trying to put the wedge eventually brought Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn back together, and they're going to be one as a unit, either uh, a handicap match or triple threat or Shane's going to have a partner, so a tag match with the uh, against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn of some sort. But I don't think we're going to see them, uh, Sami and Kevin, work against each other for a very long time. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully not, but not for WrestleMania at least. That does not look like that's in the cards. And and thank God, because same thing, it would definitely get lost in the shuffle or what have you. And they're, they're too one talented to be in that type of scenario, and two. The story would have just awkwardly ended where it was like, oh, they're best friends, and then, no, now we're not. So I'm happy that it looks like they're going in the direction of uh, the best friends forever are best friends again against <laughs> Shane McMahon, who, by the way, was the ultimate heel on that show. I mean, <laughs> there's no denying Shane McMahon, number one heel on SmackDown, where he cost both Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens a pinfall for the title uh, tonight. Unbelievable. Uh but, I mean, Shane McMahon also, Trooper, took that Tony Chimmel sweet chin music spot in the corner. So that was pretty awesome. Did uh, did you see the WWE Network special uh, on Kevin Owens 365 where they looked at the whole year uh, of, of his programs? I don't know. I think I may have. I've, I, I have the Blu-ray of Kevin Owens, but I don't know if I've seen the 365. So there's this moment uh, at WrestleMania – and uh, I can't remember which WrestleMania it was, but I think it was uh, 30 th- – was it the – it must have been the Jericho match or maybe it was like a SummerSlam match or something happened. And um, and he goes back to Vince uh, who's, who's watching on the monitor, you know, Vince with the glasses down to the tip of his nose. And Kevin Owens is like, so was it OK? And Vince was like, No. And like, and like Kevin Owens, like his heart just broke. He was, you could tell he was already a little bothered. And so his heart just broke. And I'm, I'm thinking like, I'm thinking this whole time, like this poor guy wants to be, 
you know, at the top of, of, of a WrestleMania card. And, you know, I, I just keep seeing like Vince, like looking down on him as with the glasses down on the nose, just telling him like it sucked. So, <laughs> so I, I hope that, I, I hope you're right that, that, you know, they do, they, they keep those guys together. Um, so the, the part that you just were describing, so Sammy and, and Kevin start doing their thing. And then, and then uh, Sammy sees Shane sitting in the corner. Like Shane, like was just on like a normal chair, like sitting behind like one of the ring posts near the barricade. And Sammy just starts talking to him. And of course, you know Shane's just kind of looking at him. And then all of a sudden, Shane stands up, you know, to show everyone how much bigger he is than Sammy. And then uh, Owens goes to super kick Sammy, but Sammy moves and he kicks Shane right in the head because. Shane was on uh, Talking Smack um, after the show, and his whole side of his face is all red. Like he's got like shoe marks in his in his head. Um, and so then uh, Owens goes back in the ring, hits the pop up powerbomb on Ziggler, and Shane pulls the ref. So this is the heel spot that you're talking about. Shane pulls the ref out of the ring. Then Zayn hits Owens with the hell of uh, with the Haluva kick. Zayn covers Owens, and then Shane pulls him off too. So. He, 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 uh, he, th- those poor guys can't, you know, can't get one over on Shane. Uh, Shane, you know, Shane is forever, forever uh, turning these guys back. Um, so, yeah, you, so you have that match that there was a rumor this week that it was going to be Shane and Dolph Ziggler. And I was trying to figure out like, how does that fit? Like wh- where, where is there even a tease to, to these guys? Like having anything like all the heat's been on, you know, Sammy and Kevin, like, well, where did, where does it come from? And so I'm watching this match, just trying to figure out, is, is there a way for Dolph to, to like get pissed off and all of a sudden, you know, kick Shane or something accidentally and no, nothing happened. So, you know, if, if they did a tag, I mean, maybe Dolph is Shane's partner. I, I don't know, but whatever it was, I, I didn't see anything for Dolph, uh, coming out of this, uh, whose character is probably these, you know, one of the five worst characters in the whole company right now. Well, Dolph Ziggler is setting himself up to be a solid participant in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal on the pre-show. I'll tell you that right now. He's a favorite <laughs> to win it this year. So. Um, yeah, I don't know who if who Shane's going to have a partner. I have a feeling they're going to go in the direction of like handicap match or something where Shane's going to try to prove his macho bravado or Daniel Bryan and then Daniel Bryan can turn on Shane. So the other main storyline that's probably the – biggest one outside of the Ronda Rousey uh, and maybe the Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar thing is John Cena. Poor John Cena just doesn't have a road to WrestleMania this year. And, you know, um, it's been a, it's been a rough couple years of WrestleMania wise for Cena. You remember in Dallas, he was hurt and but he did the little thing with The Rock, uh, but he didn't actually have a match. Um, 31. Eh, it's OK. Um, uh, and then last 30, year, 30 was with Rusev, 30 was with Rusev, 30, last, 30, 31 was, uh, Bray Wyatt, right? Yeah. Or did I, or did no. I get, or did we flip those around? I think you're right. 31 was Bray Wyatt. Cause 30, I think, you know, 31 was Taker and Bray Wyatt in yeah, that so like had, match so that had, we so it hadn't yeah. seen a Rusev, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, these all, all these WrestleMania, like, 
I could name all the matches from like the first 20 and now these last 10, like I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> Except for like a couple moments or so, but yeah. that's about it. That's yeah, just, it, it, they, John, they, John, John Cena beat Rusev on, at WrestleMania 31. So They but, just blur together. I they literally do. Um, and so, uh, you know, and then last year we had the, we had the, um, the, the proposal with Brie Bella, though there's been no real follow-up to that. Um, I, did they although, get, did they get legit, married yet? I, I don't know what's going on there. Although legit, what are the best WrestleMania moments of all time? I thought it was cool. I thought the idea was cool, but the fans inside the building were like, eh, we like The fans it. inside the building also have never had a girlfriend in their <laughs> life. So, I mean, it's kind of hard for them to identify. But you know what that moment is always going to be compared to is, you know, Savage, Savage and Elizabeth. Elizabeth. And, and yeah. it was nowhere near as good as that one. No, it wasn't because there also isn't the long drawn out story of like about 10 years or so of it. There was only about a couple years of that storyline, but that was on Total Divas and not on the product. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what what is poor John Cena do now? It's been, you know, it's been a few years since he's had a had a really, uh, really interesting road to WrestleMania. I guess you could say the the time when he beat Rock at WrestleMania 29 was his last real big WrestleMania moment. Um, and so this year he just doesn't, he's got nothing, man. Like he's so sad. He's, he, he, he wanted to win this match so badly so he could face Nakamura uh, for the title and it just didn't happen. So we have emo John Cena, very sad sitting in the corner. Uh, Randy Orton on talking smack was kind of making fun of him a little bit because he said at the elimination chamber, he was able to watch the show with his kids. And he was like, man, I was watching this show with my kids. And then I see John Cena crying. I never thought I'd see that in my life. The poor guy. So uh, so we have emo John Cena. I'm not sure this is my favorite version of John Cena. But it seems to be leading up to the uh, the Undertaker feud, which, you know, we saw Undertaker at, the, uh, at that anniversary Raw where he just <laughs> basically just, st- <laughs> just talked about <laughs> nothing for <laughs> 20, 10 minutes. He was just like, you know what? I, I'm... I just I, beat everybody, so there's no reason for me to keep fighting. I um, whooped a lot of ass, <laughs> and you paid three hundred dollars to watch Raw on a TV. <laughs> so basically, and, was what it was. Um, and so, uh, you know, Big D and I uh, on the last uh, Road Roast Mini, we talked about the Ray Mysterio rumor, which was out there for a little bit. Um, and it, it, but it just it does seem that it it, it is going to be Undertaker, and I just. You know, we'll just have to see that play out. But the way, like, how does sad John Cena get his way? Uh, like, how do how do you how do you get a retired dead man to agree to wrestle you at WrestleMania? Does does sad John Cena turn into like you know crazy like disrespectful John Cena? So the Undertaker has to fight him because he has no choice. Or does the Undertaker just feel sorry for him? Like, how do you even figure this plays out? I think if it plays out anyway, it's John would come out and just say, well, I guess I don't have it anymore. And then Undertaker's like, I know how great you are. And I still think you got something. And you said you called me out. So here I am or something along those lines. But I really hope this sad John Cena, emo John Cena, as you put it, just does a what about me? What about John Cena promo? Like, yeah, that would be great. A la Raven. That I would, want one of those. That would be great. Um, yep. 
And, you know, he's got this movie coming out. Have you seen the previous to this movie? Which one? So it's uh, it's called Cock Blockers, but they can't actually oh. say that on TV. Yeah. So they just put a rooster in front of the blockers and they just call yeah, it blockers. I, I've seen I've seen the trailer for it and it does look amazing. It looks really funny. And in, in the in the long trailer that they show in the movies, it, Cena does a butt funnel. Yeah. I've seen the I've seen the trailer. It's been made its rounds on Facebook too. The uh, the only thing that's a little I, I would say makes it a little weird to see John Cena as sort of like a leading man or an everyday man is he is so gigantic compared to the normal you know skinny people of Hollywood. Like he's 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 doing scenes like next to these people, and he takes up like half of the. Half of the, uh, the 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 view screen there, like, because he's so gigantic, his shoulders are so wide, he's like pushing these poor people out of the scene. Yeah, he is giant, but he's also very talented, very solid comedian, and uh, I really wish everything successfully for him in Hollywood. Like, he's in a lot of stuff that I didn't even know he was in. I mean, this is an Apatow movie, right? Like, this is not a small deal. It's actually a really cool movie, and I'm I'm gonna see it. You know, probably uh, the first week or maybe the second week comes out. I'm I'm really interested in seeing it. I'm interested in seeing it. I don't know if I'd go see it in theaters. I feel like it's one of those that's going to just find its way up on Netflix or something, and then I'll maybe catch it there. But I definitely am interested to see how it goes because it does look really funny. Okay, so hopefully uh, that John Cena Undertaker stuff kicks off. You know, maybe even uh, tomorrow on Raw, but. Um, you know they still have. Uh, I guess I guess we're about four weeks out, so it probably should start pretty soon. Um, so that that's mostly it. Like I don't I don't know what Ziggler and Corbin like you you mentioned the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, and they can always throw both of those guys in there. Um, but uh, but uh, I guess we can move on to the next thing that or angle that had happened, which is Asuka challenges Charlotte. So they're going to have their match at WrestleMania, which was the rumored match. Um, they teased it out because they have this silly pay-per-view called Fastlane that actually turned out to be okay. And they had to, you know, they had to promote this show. So Charlotte beats uh, Ruby Riot. What did you think of this match? Because I saw a lot of people on Twitter um, who really loved it and were like, oh, this is the best thing on the show so far. And I was like, it was fun. But from a wrestling standpoint, there were lots of awkward things happening. Um, and I don't uh, – the one thing about Charlotte that I think um, – you know, I think I think Charlotte is, is very impressive. Obviously, she's got – you know, this, she's, she's, she's tall. She's strong. She's athletic. Um, but the one thing is I don't think she's figured out and, – and, you know, this is me coming from someone who has never wrestled before. But, like, the thing that I, I look at that – I see in other people that I don't see in her yet is the ability to sort of feel the crowd or maybe control the crowd a little bit. Like the crowd was kind of dead during this match and they tried, like they had the, you know, they had the, the baby faces come in and make it, you know, make it even. And then they kicked out the baby faces. Then they kicked out the heels and really the crowd still didn't really care too much about this, but I thought it was fun. Like I thought they, they, you know, the story was good. And of course it was uh, for Charlotte to win so that she could uh, face Asuka. But I just saw a lot of people going like, oh, this is the best match on the show so far. And I, was, I just wondered if I was watching the same thing as them. It was a really good women's match. And I think it's more so because I don't think a lot of people 
have seen what Ruby Riot can do in WWE, whether it's on NXT now and with the Riot Squad on SmackDown. Uh, but I mean, it was good, but it was in a weird spot. And it's like everyone knew Ruby had no chance winning this match because the plan was Charlotte and Asuka for Mania. And obviously that came to fruition. So I could see why. I mean, I understand people saying, but I mean, best thing on the show, I wouldn't have said that. I, th- I felt up until the main event, the opener was the best thing because then this paper, you hit that bumpy road. We started to have the lanes be cleared up and enter the fast lane with that <laughs> match, but it definitely wasn't the best match on the show, at, even at that point. But it was really good, but it, there was no real interest to me. And I mean, plus the size disparity between Charlotte and Ruby took a, I guess, some aspect of it for me, too. Yeah, you know, as much as I loved the wrestling in Orton and Bobby Roode, you know, it was also sort of the equivalent of like, you know, someone entering the freeway at like 10 miles an hour and making everybody wait. Uh, it was They were in the slow lane for a little bit. They're probably too slow of a lane. But overall, I liked the match because I just like I just like the pace, uh, uh, the way that they can pace themselves. And Orton is never in a rush. And he's always, you know, he, he always makes sure the match climaxes when it's supposed to. So uh, I, I really like I really like that match. But I, I do think it was a tad even slow for Rand- randall orton uh matches um, a lot of people said that but that match had the pacing of a 1980s boston garden house show and it, <laughs> it, it did feel like it that's why i was like i've been watching a lot of those old house shows and i was like this isn't too bad but yeah, i mean yeah. i can definitely see people saying wow this is really slow <laughs> yeah and a lot of people said this match did nothing for me you see i you see I, I disagree with that i mean when you have a sweet sweet superplex off the top rope not that middle rope one but the off the top rope one come on i mean that thing that thing was beautiful i agreed i liked the match i thought it was actually one of the more enjoyable orton matches the finish was beyond after the finish was beyond insane but i mean (laughs) the match itself was solid so uh, since we since we just basically described that whole match uh Gender gender comes out after Orton wins the U.S. title. A, a lot a lot of people were also like, "Well, why did Orton win the match?" Like, because like if Orton doesn't win, then you do this triple threat, and you know, there's no interest in it. So at least Orton wins, and 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 there's a little bit of interest in it, you know, from a from a WrestleMania standpoint, or you know, because you don't want to see Randy Orton on the pre-show, man. Orton, no, you, Orton raises the stakes of that match just a little bit by winning the title. Well, and also, I mean, the storyline of it, he raises it like Orton wins. It's better for Orton to win the title because for Bobby Roode, he has a chance to avenge one his really biggest loss since coming into the main roster at the biggest show. And he and Jinder's in that match. And Randy couldn't beat Jinder at all last year. He mentioned that on Talking Smack as well. Yeah. He said, you know, he said he's he's he, and this is how he said it, which is actually kind of funny because he's he was trying to put over gender. But in the end, it was just sort of like, come on, bro, <laughs> you don't really believe this. He's like, yeah. oh, I've wrestled all, you know, I've wrestled all the greats. You know, I'm one of the first I'm one of the few left to have wrestled Hogan and, you know, Foley. And, and he's talking about all these all these legends. And then he goes, and I couldn't beat gender three months in a row. <laughs> He's like, yep, yeah, he couldn't. I was like, all right, all right, but you you were trying to put the guy over, uh, but Jinder did come in, um, and and uh, he beats up Orton, but then Bobby Roode lays out Jinder with the glorious DDT, and then he lays out Orton with the glorious DDT. So he was very fed up at losing his title to to Randy Orton, and now Randy 
is what they call the Grand Slam champion by having all the titles. Um, he's now ready for the Hall of Fame, according to Byron Staxon. Yeah, yeah, he's now ready. <laughs> Though, he's not ready for the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame because he keeps getting a low percentage. That's because they keep putting him in horrendous programs each and every <laughs> year. And it just is interest like... Just everyone remember how amazing he was in 2004. Remember 2004, Randy? Yeah, no, it's great. <laughs> that guy alone should just be up all of them. <laughs> um, so, uh, so the um, let, let's just go from the, from the beginning of of this show. Uh, like you said, uh, the the first match we we kind of talked about it already with Nakamura and Rusev. It kicked off the show in a very fun way. Um, it, it was. You know, not. I think most people would agree that you know Nakamura is just kind of, um, he's just kind of going through the paces. You know, he he, he doesn't have to, he he hasn't figured uh, a reason to um, you know to bust out his, his great match yet. He's just kind of he's kind of on 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 neutral. Um, you know, let's keep the, the fast lane um, metaphors. You know, he's just running on neutral. He's just kind of gliding and gliding in there. Uh, but this match was fun. I don't, I don't know if it was necessarily that Nakamura was trying harder than normal. I think Rusev is just hot as balls, and uh, and and he, you know, Nakamura is also, you know, he's also pretty hot with the crowd as well. So it just had a, had a really good, really good um, chemistry, and the crowd reaction was great. So Nakamura wins this match. He's gonna face. Uh, he's gonna face uh, AJ for the title. What do you do with Rusev for WrestleMania? Do you, I mean, is he going to be in the Andre Battle Royal again too? Like oh, he's probably going to be in the Andre Battle Royal. Probably going to win it. Probably eliminate Ziggler last. Okay, that's a good one. I'm, I'm well, I, I think I think your final three are Rusev, Aiden English, and Ziggler. Obviously English. Then Ziggler thinks he's going to win, and then ah, oh, goddamn, he gets eliminated and he quits again. I don't I don't know what like. I don't know what they did with that character. But, yeah, Rusev has no real direction. Uh, maybe we could get a cross-brand Rusev-Braun match. That would be cool. I, I mean, he would I mean, he would have to lose again. But Yeah, obviously. But th- that would be could, cool. It would be a Haas match. Yeah, I'm down with that. And those are always awesome. So I'd be very okay with that. Um, and so we talked about the Orton and, and Rude. The next match was Becky Lynch and Naomi versus Carmella and Natalia. Uh, Carmella is, is like the, she's holding that briefcase and she is not going to cash it in. Maybe she cashes it in at WrestleMania, but she's holding on to that thing. No intention of cashing it in. Um, Carmella and Natalia win this match, uh, after, uh, I think it was Becky Lynch. Um, yeah. Natalia had, had the briefcase. Carmella was telling her to, to, to bring it in and Becky Lynch kind of looked to, uh, to Natalia's way. And then got super kicked right in the face and pinned, and Carmella and Natalia won. Carmella was wearing some sweet black and pink, like Heart Foundation Jordan 12s. So yep. that was my favorite part of the match. The, she's always been rocking some solid gear. Um, she's definitely this year rocked the Gatorades, which are a definitely must get this year. And I'm very thankful I have a pair. Oh, do you um, really? Yes, I went and spent the full price. So I was like, gotta, gotta have those ones. <laughs> um, she, I, I, she definitely had those twelves. They were rocking. She was, uh, I think, because WWE has that deal with champs. 
mm-hmm. Chink Sports. Mm-hmm. So she was on the Snapchat a couple weeks ago that she took over the Snapchat, rocking all this uh, Jordan gear and stuff like that. So, I mean, she's truly a sneakerhead. And she's going to be the sneakerhead for the company since their other sneakerhead. Well, he goes fired because <laughs> he's an utter fool. Uh, but let's never talk about him. But, yeah, this match was – it was solid. Um, once again, Becky Lynch is the biggest loser in the company. Like – Eats a pin yet again. I like I, I like her so much too. I, I wish they would figure out what to do with her. I mean, maybe it's just her role for now, and you know she they you know she's got to put over some of these women, and then you know she gets her little run after WrestleMania or whatever. But I really like her, and I I, I wish they could that you know they they would just you know maybe push her a little harder than they normally do. Yeah, I, I like the chemistry of Natalia and Carmella as a team. Um, and really their chemistry pretty much since Carmella's cat uh, won that money in the bank briefcase when Natalia was champion with, is she going to cash it in? Is she not? Uh, they have very good chemistry. They work well. And I like their, and Carmella is also a very entertaining roster. She may not be the most exciting and raw, naturally talented woman on the roster, but she has that charisma and brings something out of the match that a lot of the women don't based on maybe her lack of athleticism. So I do like that. But yeah, this match was, it was fine. Nothing, nothing to remember really about in, you know, a, a month or so, but nothing to hate on. Um, the, the, the other sneakerhead you failed to mention was uh, Shane McMahon who was wearing Boy, the, he had the bread toes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was wearing those well, today. Of course he was. Didn't I mean, even was match. Wearing... It didn't even match his, uh, his gray sweater and blue jeans. <laughs> yeah, gray, like shirt. <laughs> <laughs> like, no style sense on the top, but the sneakers are always on fire. Oh, yeah. Um, and so that led us to the New Day versus the Usos, which was sort of building into a really, really good match. These guys have really good chemistry together. They've had other really good matches in the past. I think you mentioned one of their matches last year as like one of your favorite matches of the year. The SummerSlam one. Yeah. Um, and so uh, it was Xavier and Kofi for the New Day. Big E was out. It was not in the match. And the match was really all about one-upsmanship. Like, they were just doing each other's big moves and kicking out of each other's big moves. And then um, and then uh, the Usos both did, like, synchronous dives over the top. And right as they did that, the Bludgeon Brothers music played. And they just killed – they just came and killed everybody and gave Xavier a powerbomb onto the steps. And they did, like, the quiet, like, talking thing that the announcers do, like, when something – you know, is supposed to be taken seriously. And, um, and Xavier, I think we're supposed to think that Xavier is in the hospital or he's really hurt. And maybe yeah, they, they announced he has a spinal injury. Yeah. So whatever that, whatever that is, but, um, his spine is bruised basically is what they announced. I don't like the bludgeon brothers, like whole, like goofy, like their attire is awful. Yeah. Like mid, mid nineties WWF, uh, costumes. It's like techno team 2000 that are a badass <laughs> demolition basically is the, is the genre of this team. They're excellent as a team. Oh yeah. Uh, Luke, great. Luke Harper credit to the man. He's trimmed a lot of body fat out and added muscle. Like he looks awesome, but their gear is so bad. And I really hope those hammers have hit the, the top sellers after tonight because <laughs> those hammers are so lame. Yeah. <laughs> but but then, you know, I, I wasn't a fan of them maybe interfering in this match. Honestly, I was really enjoying what the Usos and New Day were doing uh, because they just have so much chemistry. But got to try to get them over. And that was, I guess, the opportunity for them to do it. And so I guess 
we may have a triple threat match for the tag titles on SmackDown with uh, the Bludgeon Brothers coming on in now to be the foes of both the New Day and the Usos. And so that so that's a triple threat match both for the U.S. title and it looks like for, for the this. For, and, the, and the Intercontinental title. And the Intercontinental title and then this match. This is going to be like WrestleMania 2000 all over again. It's um, going to be WrestleMania 2K18 on the Xbox, basically. <laughs> just like your dream triple threat matches. Um, and uh, so I, I wonder, I, I was thinking about like maybe somehow um, Shelton and Chad Gable finagle their way in to make it a four-way, which they've done many four-way you know, tag team title matches and stuff before. Because uh, I... I, I would. I, I mean, I think. I don't think they would take away from the match. Like they would. They would add to the match because they're they're a really good team. So I I, I do wonder if that happens. But um, you know, we're in multi. They should just start calling it multi-match mania. Oh, at this right. rate, absolutely, it's getting ridiculous. They're like, gotta get everyone on the card. It's like, well, that doesn't really make a lot of sense. You put people on there that deserve to be on there that are gonna have the best, highest quality matches for the biggest show of the year. But no, they want to get everyone on there because you know it's a fucking like eighteen-hour broadcast. Yes, yes, it's it's a very long show. So um, before before we scoot out of here, um, I just want to get your thoughts on. The uh, the Ronda Rousey angle because that's pushed as the biggest thing on the on the entire show. Um, they've had Ronda on the Elimination Chamber pay per view and two Raws since then, and I don't think it's been perfect, but I think it's been um, it's been uh, I don't even know how to say it. It's worked. The crowd is digging it. Um, you know they 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 are smartly writing this stuff for uh, for uh, Stephanie and, and Triple H and Angle involved. But what are your thoughts on it? And do you feel like, does this to you feel like a big, big match? It doesn't feel as big, honestly. I mean, obviously, Ronda has kind of taken a, a step back from when she first appeared at WrestleMania 31, when I thought that was like the greatest angle they ever could do on a WrestleMania with obviously the plan being Ronda and the rock versus Steph and triple H. Um, I think if the rock was there, that'd be add a lot to it. It doesn't feel as big, but it's still a big deal that this is Ronda's first pro wrestling match for her new career. Um, I, I don't, I'm not as mad as people are about like, Oh, well, Ronda's kind of, not the same character that we're so used to you know, portraying or having the same charisma or what have you that she had in the UFC. She's still kind of trying to work herself into that. She'll be a, a fine character in time. I just don't like the idea that it was like, one, she lied in her one promo where she said, I've never been slapped in the face. And I was like, well, I watched Amanda Nunez and Holly Holm <laughs> you around in the face uh, on two separate UFC pay-per-views. And the other thing was basically where she was basically trying to stand up against a bully in Stephanie McMahon and then became the bully in, on Raw last week at just assaulting uh, Stephanie McMahon. And yeah, I, I, there's a lot that could be worked on. It seemed a little weird where they had – Raw, what, two weeks ago where Triple H punched Kurt Angle and then, uh, you know, now then he Kurt got his revenge. And I think it would feel a little bit more big if they didn't give us that Kurt Angle with the Shield match like a couple months ago. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. if this was Kurt's first match back teaming with Ronda Rousey, wow, this is a big deal because we haven't seen Kurt in a WWE ring since 2006. But no, they just gave it away because Roman had 
the measles or something like <laughs> the that. Mum, the mumps. The mumps. So <laughs> I, I was just well, and then and then he was, he wrestled at Survivor Series too. Yeah, it was like they just gave that away for for no reason. It would have meant so much more if he just waited for that at WrestleMania uh, for him to uh, be a part of this match with Ronda Rousey. I mean, obviously they knew. They didn't know they had Ronda Rousey at that point in time, but with the plan being there, just maybe wait things out. So uh, it would feel a lot bigger uh, in that sense. But I think the best bumper of this feud uh, is Triple H, and he did a great job at the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view taking that bump through the table. So there's still a number of weeks before we get to WrestleMania. I'm going to be very interested to see uh, what goes on. I could have done without them getting physical last week on Raw, but... That is what WWE is about now. It's just kind of rushing things. Yeah, and and what do you do for four weeks now? You've already yeah. promised that Ronda is on the show, and it's not like Ronda has been a real ratings draw. But what she actually has been so far, at least, is she's actually been a ticket seller. And so I think I don't I don't know if this is true, but it just seemed that once she helped them, you know, with uh, with tickets, uh, walk up tickets for Chamber, and then. Um, um, for that for that first raw, it seemed like they decided like, oh, you know, she does mean something to for for ticket sales and and tickets for for raw up to uh, WrestleMania or you know around the Royal Rumble time were not really they, you know they weren't selling those buildings out. So I think I think that's why they just decided like, hey, we're gonna put her on TV every week because uh, she she's been a uh, uh, she's been a box office draw. Um, but what do you do for four weeks? Like you can't do that same angle over and over and over and over. Um, I, I I wonder. I, I'm trying to figure out like how how do you get creative and and work around this so that they don't touch again? Like you said, because you 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 know we've already seen it. it's like okay now we want to see them touch during the match, not anymore on television. I'm waiting for Ronda Rousey to uh, have like a, a judo seminar angle or something on Raw where she just be- beats up people for a couple minutes or so and while well, they cut a promo with Steph and Triple H on the big screen. I don't know, but they really rushed a lot of stuff uh, did, to get to where we are right now. Did you ever see the Shayna thing that that they were doing – with the cell phone where yeah and where where Shayna just like starts choking people out yeah that was awesome that was amazing but see that worked though because it was just like oh we're filming this one thing and then Shayna snaps yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like and, the, and I mean Shayna's a heel so she can do it Rhonda's the baby she, face so she can't she's really a do heel that. and like that was good use of the cell phone stuff that they're doing not every promo being on the cell phone thing which is the most awful thing they've done honestly it, they're all terrible. And yeah. they have like those words pop up in the middle, like editing for babies one, basically just, man, this, this company used to be so cutting edge with production stuff and then they just do stuff like that. But yeah, I don't, I don't know where we go with Ronda, but I'm excited to see where we go. I mean, her having this match at WrestleMania is that match that will create a lot of buzz for the casual sport fan. So hopefully that, uh, it, it turns out well for them. And and I guess since I have you, what, what are your thoughts on Roman and, and Brock? Uh, it, it feels it feels a little after the fact. Uh, it feels yeah. like Brock is going to UFC, and thus yep. he's going to do the job. Um, but I, I, I don't know about trying to uh, turn like trying to call him out like on the way out because it seems it's clear to me at least that you know he'll, he's probably coming back at some point. So. 
you know, you make it look like he's like this guy who doesn't care about the business and, and thus, and then you're going to bring him back at some point. Like, I, I, I just wonder if that's the smartest thing to do. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. This whole thing feels super forced and we all know how it's going to go. And I feel bad for Roman because he's been in pretty much a lot of dud main events at WrestleMania uh, with the exception of 30. But that's because Seth Rollins cashed in money in the bank on on him and Brock. Uh, But, yeah, it feels forced. And I don't know. I mean, obviously, Brock wants to give it one more go in the UFC. I don't know. I mean, he's obviously cleared the USADA stuff now, right? Uh, good question. I'm not exactly sure. Because he would have to then get back into that testing. And, yeah. I mean, well, obviously. I, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know if you recognized it, uh, but he looks pretty soft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he's trying to get out. There. I mean, the UFC needs him desperately. Yeah. yeah. And they're obviously willing to give him a, bu- a boatload of cash to fight. Uh, one of their heavyweights that uh, is up and coming up, uh, like who knows, like maybe a Francis Ngannou, which I think would be a nightmare of a fight for Brock, but Brock can sell that. I want him. Uh, see, I want to see him get revenge on Overeem, man. Well, Overeem's been booked though. I mean, recently, but we'll find out when Brock does fight because it won't be for a very long time. But if it is over him is the plan. I mean, over him's fighting now in June against Curtis blades. Yeah. Yeah. That just got signed. You're right. Um, yeah. I mean, I, it, 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 they, they might see it also as a waste, you know, they could, they could get, you know, they could use it, use him to get Stipe over more. They could, like you said, Ninganu though, I don't know. He could he could also neutralize N- Ninganu just by just by wrestling him. That that could be a problem for them too. Um, but I think that's but I think that's the marketing point. It's like a guy with unbelievable knockout power, but who had no cardio at all. And you're fighting a guy that has amazing wrestling in Brock. So. Yeah, but but if Brock beats him, isn't he then dead? I don't know if he's dead. I think a lot of people always underestimate. I mean, you've lost to two UFC heavyweight champions then. You're not totally dead. It's not like you're losing to uh, like the guy that uh, Alex Pico lost to in his debut for Bellator. Like he was <laughs> oh, almost dead after that. Oh, oh Carpenter, Aaron, Aaron Pico. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Like, you're pretty much dead after that. I mean, good for him that his next fight he had a sensational knockout. But yeah, yeah. nonetheless, you're almost dead. Um. Yeah, I mean, Brock does make things in the UFC a lot more interesting just because he brings a presence for sure. He's no matter where he goes, there there are people watching. People people are watching his move. So, um, cool. Um, so maybe uh, I don't know. Uh, down the line, we can do this again. Maybe WrestleMania if we're both free. But we'll figure it out, and uh, we'll jump on and, and talk about some more wrestling at some point. Uh, are you? Uh, I don't imagine you're you're watching the New Japan Cup. I'm not watching the New Japan Cup, but I do have an account now on the. Uh, New Japan world. All right. Well, um, if you do get get to do, if you do start watching some stuff, that that could that could also be uh, something we talk about. But um, yeah, so we will uh, we we will we will chat again at some point in the very near future. Yes, as now we are actually on the road to WrestleMania. There's no roadblock this year. No, nope. it is on the way to WrestleMania now with the biggest weekend just literally less than a month away. On the fast lane to WrestleMania, yeah, actually. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm more interested in that Saturday uh, before with NXT and the ROH show. Oh, that's that's going to be such a ridiculous day. And yeah. the UFC. You know, there's UFC show, too. Yes. 
Oh my god, dude! Like it's gonna be like, how how, how does there, how do we get to, how do we watch everything? That's what I'm trying to figure out. But there's some stuff the Friday. I mean, there's other indies, but they may have to wait. Like the only indie show I care about is that Joey Janela show. Oh, that one, yeah, that late late where, night one. That late late night one where he's dressed in the great Sasuke, and there's some other stuff on there. Like last year's was so awesome. It was like the funnest show I've I've seen in a while. I'm actually like, going to be in New Orleans on that Friday, but I'm not going to the Janela show because it's so late because I have to fly out really early on Saturday. I'm only staying Thursday and Friday. Oh, that sucks. Well, it's just just I mean, I am seeing like three wrestling shows on Friday, so it's not that bad. It's just that that one just from a time perspective, I couldn't do it. Which one are you going to? So I'm going to Friday's uh, Progress and Rev Pro and then the WWN Super Shows after that. That's like the last one. Wow. So those should be fun. I think Riddle and Osprey are, are, are on the uh, Super Show. Um, uh, let's see. Keith Lee is fighting uh, – what's that guy's name? Uh, uh that he's fighting the Japanese guy. I forget. I forget how to say his last name. Um, and uh, and yeah, you know all the the progress in the and the and the Rev Pro. You know they they have just quality stuff on those shows. So I'm I'm looking pretty. Yep. I'm looking forward to watching them. Honestly, that Saturday I'd probably watch the ROH show over the NXT show. Yeah, no, I I would agree with you. If I was there, I that I would rather be at the ROH show. And then and the NXT show is going to be great. And the NXT, I'm not saying, yeah, exactly. I'm not saying the NXT show's not. Like, with the, spoiler alert, the ladder match they announced for that, for that new North American title, mm-hmm. uh, that's going to be probably absolute killer. Uh, our Gargano Champa match, finally. Uh, but just Omega Rhodes, man. I mean, that's just, that's got me just excited. Do so you, I would Do you watch uh, Being the Elite? Uh, here and there. Okay, because, because. It's 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 funny to me because um, if you if you're not watching Being the Elite, it's not like they follow up those stories in New Japan or in ROH. So I know people who don't really keep up with the Being the Elite. They're like, I'm not exactly sure what these guys are talking about. <laughs> I just find I just find it funny because like they you know that the Being the Elite stuff only gets like two hundred thousand views, but they're just doing so much stuff with those shows to. Uh, to build their stuff and more power to them, man. They figured it out. Yeah, give them credit. I mean, hey, they're going to run that indie show in Chicago, Cody and the Young Bucks, so good for them. Yeah, that, that's going to be amazing too. Um, and, yep. then, uh, and then the, the Long Beach show, uh, the uh, the Golden Lovers against the Young Bucks, that's going to be tremendous. Is that in March? That like this is month? in like two weeks. Yeah, that's what I thought. Oh, that's exciting. All right, man. Thanks for hanging out, um, and uh, I'll chat with you soon. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me on. All right. So for Jason, I am Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out.